welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, 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 welcome to the inaugural episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. This is going to be a unique and very special episode because, well, one, it's the very first one. And woohoo is right. (laughs) And more importantly, too, because I am joined by my business partner, high school sweetheart and wonder woman of a wife, Allie. Welcome, babe. Hey, Teach. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am, too. It's gonna be a fun one. So Unlike the usual format where I will be interviewing adventurous entrepreneurs from around the world who are examples of success in their businesses, in their relationships, and in life, in this episode, I'm stealing the mic, and I get to interview TJ about his story, what this podcast is all about, and why you're going to want to listen in. And a little bit about Allie. She's the director of events and program development at Engage for Good and the host of the Engage for Good podcast, which is the longest running podcast in the social impact space. So needless to say, she is a rock star podcaster and has been teaching (laughs) me the ins and outs of podcasting and has been instrumental in getting this thing off the ground. So thank you again, Allie. And without further ado, I'll pass the host baton over to you. Let's dive in. All right. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you became the adventurous entrepreneur that you are today. Yeah. So really, this is our story. And I guess that's true. But you get some more credit in this case. (laughs) Well, basically, Allie and I met in high school. And, you know, I grew up in a blue collar family. Like we, we were not entrepreneurs. My mom was working at the hospital throughout her whole career. My dad was a forestry guy. I never had aspirations of starting a business. In fact, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life until no, I was out of college. And, and even beyond that, like I, I kind of coasted through, I was an athlete, a little bit of a, you know, stoner back in the day, a little, punk, a little bit, a little of, bit a punk. of a punk, but yep. you know, I always got good grades. I always, you know, made my parents proud and and did things to, to help my community. But and you were it kind. wasn't until I graduated college and I followed Allie here down to the Bay Area. She had just accepted a job working for an amazing startup down there. I was one term behind her in school. So once I graduated, I moved down. We we moved into our first apartment together. And I had this dream. I had really loved all of my marketing courses. I got an entrepreneurship degree. And, and studied a lot of different areas of marketing or a business. But marketing was always what spoke to me, especially the psychology behind it. And so I had this idea. I was going to go down to the Bay Area and become a marketing consultant, working for a big consulting firm down in the city. And I quickly found out that with a degree and no marketing consulting experience, it's really hard to... <laughs> 
get a job working as a marketing consultant. So I applied all over the place. I got very little response back. I had some interviews and I was getting frustrated. I I was really, really bummed out and thought, okay, well, what am I going to do if I can't make this work? And so meanwhile, I was working Pouring beers and serving pizza at a, a really cool Bobby pizza G's. Joint. Bobby G's Pizzeria, shout out. Um, I was doing that in Berkeley, California while I was submitting resumes and running to interviews. And I eventually caught a break. It wasn't what I had expected, but I got a job as the marketing intern for a multinational property management company working specifically at one of their properties in Alameda, California. And this really set the stage. So I started as the intern. I ultimately became the marketing. And manager. I was like, hold on, an intern? Really? I was not fully <laughs> on board at this point, but we no, made it. It was a paid internship. It was. Uh, it was. I didn't do any internships in college. Again, going back a little bit of a slacker, but I started in this internship role. And what was great about this is I was working at a huge shopping center. So we had like 120 tenants big outdoor shopping mall. So everything from Macy's and your big you know, box stores to mostly small mom and pop businesses. And I was in charge of putting on all of our events and leading all of our corporate marketing initiatives. But also I was the main marketing guy that all of these small business owners were looking to. So when they had questions about social media, they had questions about running Google ad campaigns or Facebook ads, anything at all. I was the person that they were coming to for advice and really for strategic leadership and helping them figure out what to do. So I got thrown into it and I had to learn a lot of great marketing skills working in this first job. And that ultimately gave me a lot of background and and useful skills that I now apply today, which we'll get into. But kind of to to bring the story forward. This was a good opportunity, but there was not a lot of upward mobility in this job. And meanwhile, Allie and I were not really loving life, living in the big city. We moved from Berkeley to downtown Oakland, and there's a lot of fun things to do there, but we grew up small town, Ashland, Oregon. We thrive outside, outdoors. lots of space. Yeah, we we thrive outside. We love going on adventures with friends, exploring the Pacific Northwest, and Living in the Bay, it was just hard. It was a little too many people for us anyway. <laughs> a little too too much of a city. Yeah. Great. Ex- wasn't, glad we did it, but. It was. I mean, it was a great experience in, in that point in our lives, that chapter of our lives. But we quickly realized that we needed to make a change. And Allie wasn't feeling fulfilled in her role. So we made this commitment to each other that we were going to quit these jobs after saving up and go travel the world together. Allie grew up. Goal was a year. Goal was a year. Allie grew up traveling all over the world. I had hardly left the country at this point in my life. So (laughs) when we first told his parents this, they were like, what? So I was born in London, grew up in Mexico City, studied abroad in Mexico and Chile, traveled a bunch. TJ at this point had been on a cruise with his family and spent one week in Japan with football, right? Yep. That was it. I was like, yes, I'm going to steal your son and take him halfway around the world for at least a year. Sounds great, right? My mom was terrified, but but I was excited. And so we did. We saved up for about a year year. and we had enough money in the bank where we both felt comfortable putting in our two weeks notice and 
We bought one-way tickets to Bali, Indonesia. And this ultimately was the start of a 14-month adventure where we visited 14 countries. And during this time, I had the opportunity to meet some adventurous entrepreneurs, digital nomads, people that were living in these exotic places and starting and scaling businesses. And I was intrigued. I mean, I was meeting all these people. They were working in the morning from their laptops, making money that I couldn't even fathom at that point in my Hopping my in the career. pool at a co-working space and then having yeah. a beer while they wrap up work. It was fascinating. It was fascinating. And I, it was a whole new world to me. I, I had at that point not really had much exposure to this remote lifestyle. And it was awesome. I, I wanted it for myself. <laughs> so I was asking these questions. I was you know, kind of learning about the ins and outs of starting a remote business from these people that I was meeting through our adventures. And I decided, how can I do this? Like, we're out here, we're traveling, we're not working. This is an opportunity to start something and kind of have a fail-safe experiment, if you will, in entrepreneurship. And so I, I really thought about, okay, what could I do that's going to be something that I'm passionate about and, and also take the skills that I already have and, and be able to use those in service of others. And so going back, I was working with all these small business owners, helping them with their digital marketing. And most of them I knew didn't have the skill sets or the team to be able to do it themselves in-house. And so I started my first marketing agency. And while we were overseas, I picked up my first few clients. We were doing some social media ads, some SEO, various writing blogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, writing blogs, all kinds of stuff. And we too. also had our own travel blog on top of that. So we were building we some did. skills while you were also doing this. Yeah. So it was really a crash course in, in starting a business, all things marketing. And when we got back from this 14-month adventure, I decided that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to create a business where I could be of service to my community. We moved back to small town, Ashland, Oregon, where we grew up. And I wanted to help business owners there to really find freedom in their business and you know, create success from digital marketing. And so that's what we did. I hit the ground running when we got back and I've been growing that business ever since. And now here we are today. It's crazy to relive the journey a little bit. So tell me, speaking of today, Tell me a little bit about where things are for you today. So for example, right now, my focus is on conference planning. We've got two big conferences coming up in the next month. And at least at the time of recording, I fly out to DC and Atlanta tomorrow to go check out the sites. And I'm super excited. So yeah. what has your focus right now? Yeah. So bringing things forward to today, that first company that I started was called eThrive Marketing. And I grew that business literally wearing every hat imaginable. Oh my gosh. I, I was a glorified freelancer. I, I did all the fulfillment for the most part myself, all the sales and marketing. I, I really grew that business the hard way, which I, I know now to do differently and which is part of the reason why I started this podcast. But a year ago, I partnered with Height Digital. And so we are a digital marketing franchise. We have 25 locations around the US and I am the owner of our office here in beautiful Bend, Oregon. So we work with clients all around the country. And really my role is to come in and work with business owners. And I serve as a guide. I help more often than not, 
take them from feeling overwhelmed when it comes to how to market their business and create freedom and really take that marketing hat off of themselves so they can focus on what they do best, providing the services that they offer and, and doing what they set out to do, starting a business. And I come in and I really help them figure out where they are now and where they want to go. And we build the bridge between the two with one team to manage all of their website needs, their branding, their messaging, and then their actual digital marketing strategies. So we have an amazing team at Height that comes in and serves as their outsourced marketing department. And so that's a big focus for me right now, helping our clients succeed. And then more recently, starting this podcast, which has been Woohoo! a huge, huge learning opportunity for me. Definitely outside of what I would have thought my my comfort zone was way back when, but it's it's going to be an awesome adventure in and of itself. And that's what's got my focus right now. Okay, well, so let's dive into the podcast a little bit more then. What is this podcast all about? Who is it for? And why should people tune in? Yeah, so much like life in general, entrepreneurship is an adventure. We all have a unique story about business and all the places that life takes us throughout the entrepreneurial journey. And it's full of triumphs and defeats, full of bumps in the road, wrong turns, new directions, and lots of learning, lots of learning, lots of, <laughs> lots of failure and, and yep. learning from those failures, but also people who come in and, and lend a hand along the way and guide us toward our goals, toward our final destination. And as I mentioned, I was lucky to have met some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs at just the right time in my life as we were going on this trip. And these were people that inspired me and really showed me what was possible when it came to starting a business. And my goal for this podcast was I wanted to create a platform that really helps open up those ideas and possibilities to both aspiring entrepreneurs, people who haven't started a business yet, but also more experienced entrepreneurs. Creating a podcast where we talk about the journey of starting and scaling a business, but how to blend that with what actually brings us joy in life, both on the business and personal side of things, and ultimately how to live a successful and fulfilling life. So I'll be interviewing adventurous entrepreneurs who are examples of that, examples of success in their businesses, in their relationships, and in life, impacting their families, communities, and the industries along the way. And what are some of the topics that you plan to cover? I'm guessing there's some pretty wide ranging conversations, but what can people expect? Yeah, we're going to be all over the place, guys. So this is a <laughs> this is a podcast about adventure. So we're going to talk about, you know, very wide ranging conversations. This could be tactical business advice, you know, how I built this insights and into how people actually started and, and scaled their companies. But it's also going to be lessons in leadership, personal development, relationships, life hacks, and then also the more fun stuff, travel stories, the adventures that we go on and, and the lessons we've learned from those along the way, favorite hobbies, um, and you know, really insights into living a well-rounded life. I plan to scratch my own itch with this podcast just as much as I want to be of service and provide value. So everybody has a unique story. And my goal is to, to really tease that out and talk about things that I wish I had known when I first started my business and explore topics that ultimately lead to telling some incredible stories and adventures. 
Okay. So you mentioned one thing that I really, I want to dive into a little bit more. You mentioned well-rounded living. And as you know, because you hear me talk about it probably on a daily basis, one of my passions is the intersection of work and well-being. How do those two pieces fuse together? How do we build cultures, teams, managers, individuals, where each person and the structure itself has what they need to thrive? In entrepreneurship, that can be really challenging. You might not be working 40 hours, 50, 60 for somebody else, but that doesn't mean you're not doing a ton while you're trying to scale this business. And so I think that's one of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs can face is how do you live this well-rounded life while you're trying to either build your business from the ground up, scale it, transition over time, but not lose sight of the other things that are important in your life, of the joy of the relationships and all those pieces. So what does living a well-rounded life look like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, in its most simple answer, it's making sure that I have the time and that I have the freedom to take the time to do the things that bring me the most joy. So, you know, we live here in Bend, Oregon. We moved here for a reason. It's like literally there's paradise. The, yeah, man, this is a playground of adventure for people that love to mountain bike, to rock climb, to backpack, to camp, to fish, just to play in nature. And so for us, um, that's a big part of it is being able to, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon when the sun is shining and some friends of ours want to go paddleboard on the Deschutes River here in town to have that flexibility if, you know, I don't have any calls lined up at that particular moment in time to be able to, to go and do what I want to do when I want to do it. That's why I started mm -hmm. this business when I was traveling to, to have that location independence and the time freedom and build something that would really enable me to get the most out of life. So that's a big part of it is really having the flexibility to blend everything that I enjoy from going on adventures with you, Allie, traveling the world together to the hobbies that I enjoy, to spending time with friends, visiting our families, having that freedom to choose. Um, but on the other side, it's it's about business too. You know, when you said, you know, we're we try to get away from working the 60, 70 hours for somebody else, starting a business, there's no an infinite amount of time that yep. you can fill. There's always something that you can do. And so for me, creating a routine creating habits that really allow me to focus and and do what needs to be done what's really going to move the needle forward but then also having you know rules in place some parameters so that i'm not just working all the time either because you can't so what are some of those rules like if you had to say okay here's what I do to make sure that I'm actually not just going to go down the rabbit hole of everything I could do at work, but be intentional about the other places there where I want to spend my time, even if I don't feel like I necessarily have the time to do it. Yeah. And so this is something that, you know, I'm still working through. I'm, I'm still learning. Me I'm too. still young and early in my, my business journey here. But for me, there's a few things. So starting my day on the right note, is crucial for me. I need to, you know, get up when that alarm clock goes off at 6 a.m., jump into my workout, get a good sweat going, and, and really start the day off right with that because health and fitness are, you know, a core pillar in my life. And when I am doing, you know, when I'm at my best, when I'm, you know, really performing at my highest capacity, 
it's when I prioritize getting that in in the morning because inevitably the day goes by, Things five o'clock rolls around. <laughs> I don't want to work out anymore. I want to go out and play or whatever the case may be, but I'm happiest and at my best when I get that done in the morning. And then having a routine after that. Sometimes that's mindfulness practice, meditation, reading. Other times it's doing what can kind of be a meditative practice for me, like watering the plants or cleaning up the kitchen a little we bit. We have about really, 35 houseplants. Do we have 40 we now? And there's my, like my four in your bees. background. There's two in mine. And I'm, yeah, we have a few. Yeah. And for me, that's that's important too, because I want to have a, you know, a space. We work at home. So we have to be able to create a space that's productive and inspiring and a dirty kitchen is not that for me. So sometimes once my workout's over, I'm cleaning the kitchen and really setting the stage for the day. And that helps me kick things off on the right foot. But then in terms of really having parameters in place, one thing is setting a hard stop time. So like for me, work mm -hmm. ends at 5 p.m. If I'm going to come back and, and do some more work later in the evening, great but I need to be able to put a hard stop on that so that you, know, you and I can spend some back, time together, do some else. time together, have dinner, like have intentional time. We, we both work from home. Howie's in her office on the other side of this wall. Yeah, over that here. wall. <laughs> so we see each other throughout the day, but we're usually talking work or, you know, maybe something stressful is going on. So it's important for us to kind of put that stop reset, mm -hmm. have really dedicated time together, whether that's, dinner, going out for a beverage, floating the river, whatever it's going to look like on that particular day, but making sure that work gets shut off and that we can have that intentional time. And then for me, the, the other big thing when it comes to, you know, just blending life and, and business is having somebody to talk through that with and, and figure out what I should be focusing on in that particular moment what my priorities are. It's so easy to keep things up in your own head as a, you know, a business owner, especially working remotely, but having an accountability partner like you, my mm -hmm. biggest one in life and in business, but also within my team where I can talk through things. I can set goals. I can track towards, you know, my progress towards reaching those goals and having those you know, ideas, not just in my head, but out there and communicated with somebody else really allows me to structure everything that I do in a way that's reaching for those goals, but not filling all the time and doing things that aren't going to necessarily help move the needle there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talking about, actually, now we're, we're going to transition a little bit back to kind of adventure and entrepreneurship and this mesh between the two. The focus of your podcast is entrepreneurship, but it's done through the lens of adventure, which I love because it's so much about who you are and the way that you operate in life. And in practically every adventure, there is a guide or a mentor who leads the the protagonist or the hero down their journey. Do any guides or mentors or really influential people come to mind that helped shape you and this adventurous entrepreneur that you are today? Yeah. So a few come to mind. Um... The very first is, you know, really besides my parents, my my first mentor, and that was my high school football coach, David Kitchell. Mm -hmm. And so this was a man who was a servant leader, an, an example of leadership in everything that he did from being an elementary school teacher to a high school football coach. And one of the 
guiding principles that he ingrained into all of us that had the privilege of of learning from him was to love and care for each other. This was something that in our football program was a core value. And before every game, we would go through a ritual, which was positive affirmation driven. It was visualization driven. We would all come together in the locker room and you know, grab hands as brothers before we took the field and speak into reality how the game would unfold. And so these would be, you know, affirmations like having poise throughout the game that, you know, we weren't going to, pardon my French, you know, bitch or panic when things went wrong. We were going to stay true to how we prepared for the game. But at the end of this, we would always end with, we love and care for each other. And for me, this has become just a crucial part of my life, both in my day-to-day interactions with people, whether it's my family, my friends, strangers, I want to always show up as somebody that is there to help, is there with, with love and compassion to help others. And in business, that's the driving force of, of what I do. I want to be a servant. I want to serve at the highest level and really build relationships with my clients that lead to success for them, for their families. And at the end of the day, that's built around love and care. And so David Kitchell was an instrumental mentor for me in my you know, really foundational years mm-hmm. growing through high school, where <laughs> I had a lot of uh, other distractions going on, but you know, he really set the tone for what's important in my life. And then moving forward, in business, especially some key people that were, you know, coaches and and guides for me, helping me to get to where I am now in my business. So Franco Urbaez has a coaching program that I joined and that really helped put me on a trajectory to find a community of people that were all working towards building something that would help themselves to grow personally and set their families up for success through this vehicle of owning and building a digital marketing agency. And so I learned skills and I have lifelong friendships now with people that I met through this program, but Franco was a huge mentor in guiding me down that path. And another mentor there that I met through Franco's program, Brad Akers, is another franchise owner here at Height and somebody that I watched very closely. He was one of my coaches in Franco's program. He joined Height right around the time that I joined that program. And so I watched his journey unfold as a height franchisee and the success and the freedom that that brought him in his business. And we got to talking and, you know, one thing led to another. And he said, you know, TJ, I think you'd be a great fit for joining height. You should, you should talk to JC. He's the CEO of height. And at first I was like, I don't know, man, <laughs> These I don't know what you guys decisions. are doing. There. It seems kind of like a cult, but <laughs> It's clearly been good for you and I trust you. And so I did. I had a conversation with with JC and eventually his wife and business partner, Karen. And that opened up all the doors, which ultimately led me here to being a, a hype franchisee owner at our Bend office. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that, you know, Brad kind of helped set into motion and the guidance that he gave me to get to that point. And yeah. Now, JC, being the last mentor I'll talk about here, he 
he is our our leader at height and is really on a mission to impact the world in a in a tremendous way i look at him you know really as an inspiration for for what i want to do in my business because he's built this company to be of service to people at the highest level and not just about marketing and business but you know down in nicaragua where a lot of our team is located to create he is too yeah where he is as well where he lives where our headquarters is to create opportunity for young people living in this country to pay them a salary that will help set them up and their families up for lifelong success to create economic stability by creating a thousand jobs in a country where there's been a lot of tumultuous times over the years. And to become the biggest employer too. And to become the, the biggest employer down there, sending all of their employees, children to private elementary and you know middle and high school, and then paying for college, like mm-hmm. doing all these things are going to have tremendous ripple effects in the lives of so many people. And, you know, being a small part of that here feels great, but looking to JC and what he's doing to, to create that opportunity is something that, that really drives me. And I think you're also driven by his leadership and his vision and the way that he, he leads the company, not just in the components of what you just talked about of being a larger employer, but also the values of being surrounded by family and the way that you treat a team and the cultures that are built and how you operate, I think is really impactful. It is. Yeah. I mean, the the company is built on core values of, of faith and family and everything that we do. All those two core tenants really bleed into everything that we do. And, you know, you see it in, our employees and our, our franchisees and the clients that we work with, it's its really a powerful force. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking of powerful forces, one of my favorite questions to ask pretty much anybody, especially when I'm podcasting for Engage for Good, is to kind of take a step back. And so knowing what you know now, you are a very different person. I mean, you're the same person, but you've learned a lot from where you were when we were in Bali or you were writing blog posts in Vietnam or whatever it was. At this point in your entrepreneurial journey, what advice would you give that former TJ when he was just starting out on his first business venture? What would you tell him? Oh, man, I would tell him, TJ, go find your tribe. (laughs) I... I fail that so many things, which helped me learn a lot, but yeah. I was wearing every hat in my business. I was trying to figure everything out on my own. And, and here's the reality, guys and girls, men and women, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many people out there that have done what you are trying to do. And success leaves clues. People genuinely want to help they other do. people. You just have to ask for it. And so for me, looking back, telling myself to really go find that community, that tribe of mentors that could help create shortcuts to where I ultimately wanted to go instead of taking the long route to get there. You got here, but yes. <laughs> I got here, but I could have got here in a, in a lot easier and faster way had I really looked at finding coaches, finding mentors, finding community early on. And I, I was focused on so many other less important things at that point, like building a website for my business and, you know, doing all these things, which, yeah, you need them, but 
it's more important to get out there and actually have conversations with potential clients to network, to learn skills and find mentors and coaches. So that would be my advice for, for TJ. Go, go find those resources and don't be afraid to ask for help. I, I was definitely afraid of asking for far too long. And what I've come to learn is that, you know, we all are happiest and, and at our best when we are helping others. And so you just got to ask. I think asking is a sign of strength. It's a superpower. It, also, it can also signal confidence, which seems so backwards, but to admit that you don't know something and to go to somebody else for advice, as you already said, people want to help. It's actually more confidence inducing than you would think. It's a courageous act for sure. It is. People will respect you for having mm -hmm. the courage to ask hard questions and to ask for help, no matter what it is. Something and that doesn't small, mean don't big. do some of your homework first, know what you're talking about a little bit. But no, of course. Asking yeah. is important. Okay. So that's the, that's the advice that you would give yourself. What on the flip side of that, what advice would you tell yourself to ignore? Yeah. So one thing, you know, when I started my business, I thought I needed to have, you know, my branding and, and my website and everything just dialed in, ready to, to show off to the world. And, you know, okay, I'm a marketing and, and branding specialist. That's what I do. And it's very important for a business, but for something like what I was trying to do, which is run a marketing agency, you need mm -hmm. clients, you need relationships with people at the end of the day, you need to build trust with people so that they look at you as an authority and want to hire you. Having a website out there on the internet was really not a high priority thing that was going to get me new clients at that stage of my business. So my advice to myself would be to get out there, TJ, <laughs> go spend every hour that you're going to dedicate to growing this business, either a you know, reaching out and having conversations with people that could be good mentors, that could be coaches, opportunities to work with ideal clients, like doing the prospecting work, doing the sales work, but also going out and networking and just trying to meet and provide value to as many people as humanly possible at that stage in my business would have been time far better spent than the countless hours I spent building my first website. And that did teach me a lot about building websites, but it taught me that I don't like building websites. So find an expert to do that and focus on <laughs> growing your business and, and really just learning and growing the skills that are going to pay the bills, learning how to speak, learning how to sell, learning how to network and, and connect with people on a deeper level than, Hey, here's my business card. <laughs> mm -hmm. those, those would be my, my main pieces of advice for TJ a few years back. Yeah. And I would say I, you, you did say this, but the, the website's still important. I think it adds a flair of credibility. If you're like, Oh yeah, I'm TJ and I run this business and I can't find you online for me personally. I'd be like, Hmm. But I think part of it was the, the amount of time that you dedicated to the website building and the branding, as opposed to kind of doing those more in tandem or like you said, doing something more simple on the website, having somebody help you over there so you could yeah. focus on the pieces that were kind of the the higher ticket items. And we were broke at the time. So it's not like I had the funds to well, that's true. <laughs> hire someone to build the website, which is why I did it myself. And it is important. Like you guys, you need 
branding. You still have website. leads that come through that website, even though you technically operate under height now, which is I do. pretty cool. I do. I do. So it wasn't a waste of time, but that time would have been more mm-hmm. productively spent elsewhere. Okay. So before we wrap up, cause we're coming towards the end of our time here, I'd love to hear a story. We've been on a lot of adventures together and I'm curious well, I probably have some ideas, but what is one of your favorites that comes to mind and why? Well, I'm sure this one will be no surprise. So during <laughs> that 14 month adventure through Asia, I don't think I mentioned that we were in Asia the whole time. We didn't leave the continent of Asia, but we got to see a lot of it, guys. We were predominantly in Southeast Asia, but then we expanded a little bit to yeah. greater Asia. And one of those places we expanded to was Nepal. And This was a very, very awesome part of our trip because it was not on our original plan. It wasn't on our original plan. And Nepal is an amazing country, but we were there because we wanted to go hiking in the Himalayas and backpacking, backpacking, hiking with a backpack. (laughs) And what was awesome about it was that my sister came and joined us. Mm-hmm. And this was her first time ever leaving the country. And she came to Did Nepal. she ever go on the cruise with you? Oh, yeah. I guess she when she was real young, she came on a cruise. That's, and that's also a little bit different. in some different. Caribbean islands, but a little, a little bit different than flying to Kathmandu This is her by first yourself. time outside the country on her own. And she yeah. flew okay. into Kathmandu, which, whoo, talk about a doozy of a country to land in for the first time outside the U.S. But why this adventure was so special was, well, one, we got to spend it with Alicia and show her a whole new world. Really. Um, it was an eye-opening and extremely amazing experience for her to grow as it was for us as well. And so we went on, what, it was 17 days back time? 17 or 19, something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that. So basically we-, we Which is the longest through... I had ever backpacked in my life. Alicia was a backpacker. Thanks. She leads and has led backpacking trips, guide, et cetera. I've done a ton of hiking, but never had I carried a 55 pound back up giant mountains for 16 or 17 days on end or whatever it was. Yeah. It was a lot. It was <laughs> continue. It was hard in every Oh my gosh. Way you learn possible. how much pro- which this actually relates back to business. You learn how much progress that you can make by just putting one foot in front of another. And in this case, you're talking about climbing a mountain. But as you're talking about work, it's like, even if you don't know where to start, sometimes just putting one step in front of another, taking some sort of action gets you to the next place where you can say, okay, now I know what I'm doing, or I know which direction I'm headed. Yeah. And this was 120 miles in total, or something not sure. like that. And, you know, like Allie mentioned, we went through some hard times, like, we got sick, it was scary, we got lost at times, we were guiding ourselves. So I mean, a lot of things went right. A lot of things went wrong, but we ultimately figured it out together, the three of us. And we bonded, we cried, we laughed. We had we climbed just- to 17,795 yeah. feet, I think is strong law. Yeah, it was insane being up at that that altitude. We didn't get altitude sickness, but we saw someone get altitude sickness. That was scary. Not something you ever want to Helicoptered out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was really, you know, what made this adventure one of the the greatest of my life was that I proposed to Allie on this trip. <laughs> and it it was a surprise for her. her she knew or she it was wanted, magical because I was ready. 
she was ready. She was a little angry actually that it hadn't happened sooner, but for me, angry was the word, but I was definitely like, all right, dude, are we doing this? Yeah. yeah. She, she had expected it to happen so many times prior throughout this trip through Asia, her parents had come and and spent a month with us and Mm -hmm. thought I'd do it then. I didn't, I did ask for that. My mom hugged me at the airport when she left and just whispered in my ear and said, be patient. And I was like, what do you know? And then she walked away and I was like, dang it. So I took that opportunity to, to get their blessing to marry their daughter, but she was expecting for the the ring to come at that point in the journey, but it didn't because I wanted it to be a surprise. And what greater surprise than proposing at (laughs) what? 12,000 feet, 9,000, 9,000 feet, feet, whatever, still very tall on a mountain in the Himalayas with my sister there and nobody else Mm -hmm. to witness it, but the birds and the bees and the mountains that surrounded us. And it was beautiful. It it really was kind of a pinnacle in my life, a pinnacle certainly on that trip. And, you know, a testament to the life that, that I want to live with, with you, Allie, you know, a life Mm -hmm. of adventure and exploring. And, you know, we, we really live life to the fullest in those respects. And for me, I couldn't have thought of a better moment to, you know, ask for you to be my partner in life. And so we showered in three days because there was yeah, no we hadn't showered in three days. We came, we came down the mountain that night and had a yak burger to celebrate. Yeah, yak burger and a beer. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that that was just an amazing adventure in in so many ways and a, a story that I'll never, never forget and never get tired of telling. Me neither. Okay. Well, I could talk about that stuff forever, but that's not the purpose of the podcast. So as we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that listeners should know before we close things out? Yeah. So at the end of the day, this is a podcast for people that want to learn, who want to be inspired by the stories of fellow adventurous entrepreneurs. And I want it to be a valuable resource for people, people that are looking Mm -hmm. to shortcut their path to success and to live half happier and, and healthier lives and everything that they, that they do. So my ask to all of you listening to this podcast is to share the questions you want answers to, to share ideas and challenges you're working through, to recommend guests you'd like to see on the show. Your feedback will really help me make this podcast better and as valuable of a resource to people across the many stages of the entrepreneurial journey. And so the best way for people to connect with the podcast, to find the episodes, but also to share that feedback would be to connect with me on socials. So Facebook and Instagram, you can find me at I am TJ Murphy and LinkedIn, TJ Murphy should find me no problem, Height Digital. And mm-hmm. then everybody can visit the adventurousentrepreneurspodcast.com, not the the. Not the just, yeah. Just adventurousentrepreneurspodcast.com. We'll link it in the show notes. But on there, you'll be able to find links to all the episodes. You can apply to be a guest on the show. And I'm also going to include a form on there where you can leave feedback. So drop those questions in there, recommendations, potential guests, anything at all. I'm I would love to connect with all of you. So find me and shoot me a message. Don't be a stranger. Alrighty. Well, thank you, TJ, for uh, giving me the baton for a day. And I'm excited to watch this thing take off. Likewise, Alex. This has been really fun. I think we're going to have to have you on as a guest at some point down the line. I'd be okay with that. Awesome. I like being on this side too.
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.